Hi, this is Poldark Fancast, a podcast that's sometimes about Poldark, and we are your hosts. I'm Michelle, I live in the States. You can find me on Tumblr at Poldark Muses, and I tweet at Muses. And my name's Rita, I live in England. I Tumblr at Princess of Poldark, and I tweet at Rita Bites. And welcome back to another quarantine mini-sode. We are here every week during the coronavirus crisis with a new mini-sized podcast to listen to where we discuss something we watched that week. And this week, we watched the new movie, Radioactive. But as always, before we talk about the film, let's learn about it in our Wikipedia corner. Okay, so Radioactive is a 2019 British biographical drama film directed by Marjan Satrapi, who is an Iranian-born French graphic novelist, cartoonist, illustrator, and most recently, an Academy Award-nominated film director. Boom! It it stars Rosamund Pike as Marie Curie. The film is based on the 2010 graphic novel by Lauren Redness. It documents the life and work of Marie Curie, her meeting her husband and research partner Pierre, played by Sam Riley, discovering panodium and radium, then the tragic loss of Pierre to a trampling horse, and her affair with colleague Paul Langevin, played by Aaron... No, Anarin? Anarin Bernard. Uh, scenes of her life are interwoven with scenes depicting the future impact of her discoveries, uh, including brachytherapy, the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the Manhattan Project, and the Chernobyl disaster. Uh, Radioactive premiered as a closing night gala, or at the closing night gala, at the Toronto International Film Festival on September 4th, 2019. To celebrate International Women's Day, the film's UK premiere took place on March the 8th, 2020, ahead of its intended 20 March theatrical release, which, of course, was cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Studio Canal eventually released the film in the United Kingdom on digital platforms, followed by a DVD release. Most recently, it was released on Prime Video, which is why we were able to see it. On review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes, the film holds an approval rating of 61%. The website's critic consensus reads, Radioactive's flawed script and counterproductive storytelling choices are offset by Rosamund Pike's central performance in in a science tribute to a brilliant scientific mind. A sincere tribute. (laughs) Why did I read science? I don't know. I don't know. Science on the mind. Yes. Yes. Uh, Let's see. Deborah Young of The Hollywood Reporter praised Pike's performance, the pacing, and the treatment of the subject. The Guardian panned the film as, quote, by the numbers, end quote, criticizing the script and direction, and gave it one star out of five. Hmm. Kate Taylor of The Globe and Mail concluded, quote, the viewer may decide she'd rather read a comic book. Um, Although the film is actually based on the 2010 graphic novel Radioactive, Marie and Pierre Curie, A Tale of Love and Fallout, which is a very long title um, by Lauren Redness, it is marketed as a biopic on Marie Curie. 
Uh, Geraldine McGinty of Cornell University uh, severely criticised the film, not just for altering many historical events for dramatic effect, but for misrepresenting her character and that of her husband, e.g. by saying that she stayed home rather than attending the 1905 Nobel ceremony with Pierre, where he belatedly delivered the lecture for their 1903 prize. McGinty said that it's misleading analogies, misrepresentation of principal characters, and inappropriate nudity and violence all make it unsuitable as an educational or biographical source. If you're going for a movie, <laughs> who goes to a movie and is like, uh, I need to know the biographical details. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, you know, were you, were you planning on using this in a classroom? Because, no. That's insane. No. <laughs> anyway, it depicts her as advising her daughter, Irene. I don't know how they pronounce Irene. Her name is spelled Irene. Irene. So I'm going to say Irene. Stop it, French people. I think. Uh, They show her advising her daughter against a career in science when, in fact, she encouraged her daughter in science, uh, started an experimental school for her daughter and in which she taught lessons on physics and welcomed her daughter into her laboratory. I think that whole side of the family is like the most Nobel Prize winning family of all time. It's like, calm down, everyone. Calm down. (laughs) Overachieve much? Mm. They must be so boring at a party. You'll be like, hey, <laughs> have you read this book? No. No. Been c- discovering another element. No Just cash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so what did you think overall of this movie? Um, You know, um, I wound up watching it in two um, parts because I uh, had to um get dinner started and uh when i had first started it so i watched about half of it about up to the point where um her husband pierre was killed um and then i finished it um just the other night and you know i found myself uh during the first part kind of going, wow, where, you know, where is this going? And, and it seems to be taking a long time to get there and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And please God, put that green bottle of death down. Um, and, <laughs> stop sleeping uh, with it. Stop oh my sleeping God. with the goddamn thing next to your head. Um, and um, so I was like, okay, I need to finish this for the podcast because, you know, dedication. <laughs> and, um, so I started up again where I'd left off, and I really enjoyed it after that. I don't think it has anything to do with Pierre dying being the reason that I didn't enjoy it the first that time. Would or be blasphemous or did, because Sam Riley is a delight. I, I know, right? Um, but, you know, I found myself, you know, really kind of gripped in that last, it, I, won't, I won't say it was half, but that last section. Um, uh, that last part that I watched. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have kind of mixed feelings, but I, after seeing the whole thing, I understand why it was constructed the way it was. Yeah. yeah. I actually, um, I went in with, to this, watching this film with like really low expectations because I had seen that one star 
review from the guardian and we got an email from somebody that i read before i watched the movie and i was like oh my god is this gonna be (laughs) terrible and then (laughs) i watched it and i was like you know what it is not that bad (laughs) what is everyone on about no i um i actually really enjoy the way it's constructed i think it's Mm -hmm. a great storytelling device because quite often you watch um these biopics and it's just like an individual story and like that's interesting but i think having it she's sort of like the catalyst for a lot of the yes 20th century in a way it's like it really is great in it it frames her discovery and all of the things around it and like one of the lines about her, her she like is a stone in the river and then all the ripples that come out Mm -hmm. out of it or something or whatever Sam Riley Mm -hmm. said at the end I was like yes that's exactly what this film portrays and I Mm -hmm. think I'm like kind of annoyed at the reviews that think of that as a bad thing because this is a discovery that is bigger than just her personal life and her achievements yeah like honestly like her personal life is interesting but that's not the most interesting thing about her it's her discovery that is like the big deal here Mm mm-hmm yeah, yeah, so, and yeah. all of the all of the ramifications that come after, exactly. you know, the good and the the terrible. Um, you know, I I I found myself, interestingly enough, um, as I was um, watching it, watching. Uh, I think it was the first kind of flash forward of what could be accomplished with what she was. Um, discovering. Um, it was the, I think it was the young boy going in for treatment. Yeah. And so, you know, I found myself, uh, thinking about a couple of things. Um, one being that, um, my late, uh, older brother, um, he was one of the first successfully treated, um, Hodgkin's lymphoma patients. Um, and, you know, that was back in the, I want to say it was like the, no, the fifties. Um, and, um, you know, here's this young boy who is going in for this, you know, at the time, you know, crazy treatment for, you know, this illness that he has. Um, and you know, so every time we would see one of those kind of flash forwards, um, thoughts and recollections of things that I'd seen related to the uh, discovery of radium and uh, radioactivity, etc., um, kept popping up in my head, which was really kind of cool. Um, you know, there, yeah, and I, I, I'm really happy that we watched this. Me too. I, it's such a different kind of style from anything else we've seen. Mm-hmm. It's abstract in a way because at the end of the movie you realise like this is sort of her remembering her life mm-hmm. and like meditating on it so it's not all like clear and linear mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like stylistic choices that are like really weird and like fuzzy and like there's the whole bit where she's um actually doing her most of her work on her experiments and stuff is sort of done in like a weird sped up montage thing where 
that is how memories sometimes mm-hmm. work where you sort of like hazily remember the process but you couldn't you, there's no like clear image and like narrative mm-hmm. of those memories yeah. and i thought like that was really like fun to watch like we've never seen anything that's so di- it's just so different stylistically yeah. and like yeah a lot of it was dark and green but you know <laughs> you know why they did that right <laughs> yeah there's a reason <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it got kind of tiring, like, towards the end, you were just like, oh, can somebody be in the sunshine, please? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I, I, I thought, I thought that this was, this was, um, a, a wonderful way to, to spend, um, a couple hours. It's actually yeah. shorter than that, too. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um. In terms of what your favorite characters and performances, what would those be? Well, of course, uh, Rosamund Pike. Um, you know, I fell head over heels in love with her. And I almost think literally <laughs> um, in Pride and Prejudice um, because uh, she was absolutely beautiful and she has that wonderful depth in the tone of her voice um and um you know so i've been you know following her career um as she's done you know amazing performances um with uh perfect american accents um hello um go, gone go, girl. Go. Oh i mean my God. holy shit um talk about an amazing performance but anyway um I thought she was was absolutely wonderful uh, in this role. Um, I think there was a the part where you know her husband had been killed and he was um, you know laying in their home in the casket. God, I cried. <laughs> oh my God! Oh yeah, I did too. I mean, when she let out that that howl that came from, I want to say, her toes. Um, oh, my God. It was, it was, it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. Um, but incredibly beautifully f- performed. Um, I, I just thought she was, uh, she was incredible. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I've never seen a performance like that where somebody like she looked really young at the beginning and then mm-hmm. obviously towards the end they put a lot of like prosthetics and stuff on her hands to make her age but something about her physicality as well she really like played into the whole <laughs> slowly being poisoned by radium thing mm-hmm. because you could see she was just getting more and more exhausted mm-hmm. um throughout and yeah she like there's so much like sadness and just like the weight of the world is on her, uh, the more the more she finds out about the effects of her discovery, you can see mm-hmm. just she is like, oh fuck. Yeah, she's like, what have I done? What have yeah. I done? Yeah, and that and um, that like really culminates in that in the final scene in the hospital where she's walking through all those rooms, like that also made me cry because <laughs> she's going mm-hmm. through hospital like. It's weird, like, despite the fact that this is so fragmented, the fact that it all culminates with everybody ending up in the hospital 
and like the after effects. Um, yeah, they're all, in, they've all been poisoned by radium, all of them. Yeah, in, including yeah. her, and uh, it's really sad. But also, like, I really liked the ending of her like leaning on Pierre's shoulder and being like, "Well, fuck it, <laughs> let's go out." <laughs> Oh, God. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, speaking of Pierre, Sam Riley, what did you think? Oh, I love him. He's just an actor <laughs> that I adore. Every time I see him, I'm like, how are you this charming? He's so, oh. so charming. And just, like, I really appreciate that Pierre is, like, not a dickhead. <laughs> it, it would have <laughs> been so easy to paint him as, like trying to steal the spotlight and like controlling her and he really wasn't I think he had so much respect for her and that really came out in um, all of their scenes together and I really Mm like the fact that they lead into her sort of problematic elements of her ambition is that she can be quite cold to her own husband Yeah, and um the com- like just that scene where they argue. I was just like, "Oh, I'm on nobody's side. You both have a point. Oh God!" <laughs> um, it's just a really well written script. I think that like allows both of these characters to be prominent. It's still very much her story, but you know, mm-hmm. Pierre's not a dick, so <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> you get a, a multi dimensional male lead. That's what we're here for. Um, yeah. Really liked him, and then you got you've got like little cameos from other people that I adore. Like Simon Russell Beale showed up, and I was like, ah, who is he? Who is he? He was um the professor at the beginning oh, where she's yes! like yelling at him. Yes! It's really hard to recognize him because he has that ridiculous mustache <laughs> that just <laughs> distracts you. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh gosh. You know, I'm going through. I'm going through um, Riley's um, filmography, and I think the only movie that I've seen him in is Maleficent. Oh my god! Okay, well, let. Oh my god, he's in Rebecca. Okay, well, well yeah, we we're going to be doing that. So you know, I'm, I'm, I saw that and I was like, oh, good, I'll be able to see him in another. Another film too. So they should have cast him in a big role. I'm like really pissed off about Army Hammer. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Say no to Army Hammer. <laughs> is Army Hammer gonna do a British accent? This is all I keep thinking about. Anyway, that's oh, gonna God. be terrible. We 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 we. He, he better. <laughs> um. He better, but I don't want him to. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. We've got wildly off track. Yeah, we sure um, did. We sure did. Um. <laughs> Uh, other favorite characters or performances? Um, her daughter was played by Anya Taylor Joy, who we of course met in Emma, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh my god, it's you!" <laughs> um, she was really great. I loved when she's like, "I've been working with him anyway," and by the way, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing most of the work. So in your face, it's like, uh, like mother, like daughter. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I wonder where she gets it from. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Although Pierre Pierre was not a slacker in the lab, not at all. He just wound up kind of wound, wound up. Oh God, that was just that was horrible. I don't know that we needed to see the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I I would have been perfectly fine, you know, 
with him turning and seeing the horses coming, and then the next thing we see is him lying in the street. I would have been perfectly fine with that and gone, okay, well, he was killed in a horse or in a uh, accident with a carriage. I did well, not no, we need, need to the, see him. We need the violence so that person from Cornell University can be like, this is not suitable for educational purposes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like, I did not need to, to see him, you know, struggling to, to try and, you know, right himself. And then, you know, he falls and then, ugh. It's really strange because, like, the whole time you think, oh, he's coughing a lot, he's coughing a lot. You mm-hmm. think, oh, the radiation's going to get to him. But right. it's also like, no, horsey's got there first. Horse, yeah, horses, horses got there first. Ugh. Oh, man. Um, okay, uh, favorite moments. <laughs> I have one. Um, uh, when, well, I have uh, several, but I think the one that stands out for me was when uh, she goes to, I guess it's the, the, is it like the defense minister or someone to, you know, ask for the x-ray trucks? Mm, she blackmails him. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's like, well, you know, it's going to cost, you know, there's lots of resources, blah, blah, blah. And she pulls out the two Nobel Prizes and just like slaps them on the table and says, here, blink, you know. <laughs> I didn't and, know they were so heavy. I was like, damn, that could pay for a lot of trucks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, well, they're made out of solid gold, so this ought to, this ought to do. So, yeah, I just, I just love that. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, if these are so damn important to you and the French people, you'll find the money in order for me to do this. Yeah, the whole scene of them um, on the battlefield was truly traumatic, and I don't know how anybody survived world war one without being just a complete wreck of a person oh god i mean how many how many times have we seen you know movies that or or television series um and i'm i'm looking at you down nabby um <laughs> uh depicting world war one and it being absolutely horrific I, I there's mean, no, it's, there's it, nothing it, good in World War One. At least no. in World War Two, we had like people like singing and dancing at the pubs, um, ignoring the Blitz. World War One was just agony and pain and mass yeah. death. And 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 so much in the way of human carnage. Um, you know, you hear about the injuries that these folks were coming back with and you know it is it's mind-boggling i mean seeing that like corpse blown up into the tree was yeah yeah Yeah. it's like okay thanks for that image yeah on a slightly lighter note Um, I really liked the scene with um, that dancer. I think her name's like Loie oh, Fuller. Yes. It's yes. so beautiful. Um, and again, like it's really good at like putting you in a time and place. And it's like, turn mm-hmm. of the century France. There's mm-hmm. all of these like amazing artists like all gathered together in this one kind of small city. They're all like mm-hmm. bumping into each other. Just like, yeah. Um there was something about the music of that scene as well. It was a very sort of like space, UAG, 
like mystic um that was it was almost like being in a trance and then you had like these two people having like slightly cute cute meet cute banter like where he's like trying to set, introduce himself like 16 times she's like you're very fond of your name um <laughs> all very cute yes i just so so good i loved all of their like the way they spoke to each other just felt so realistic. Like, where he would try to be open up emotional. Or just, like, just be normal. Like, he, let's be real. He was just yeah. being normal and, like, introducing himself, saying his name, and she's just already cutting him off. The, when when she goes to see his his laboratory for the first time, and she's not even made it through the doorway, and she's already turned around like, no, no, he's telling me what to do, I'm leaving by. And he's like, you, well, you might as well look at it. <laughs> like... I don't know how he put up with her. She seems like a lot of hard work. Um, yeah, he finds her brain sexy. She's lucky she's smart. Yeah. And also, like, all of the nudity was great, if you ask yeah. me. Like, that whole scene. Yeah. The whole scene where they're, like, jumping and splashing in the in the river. The nicest, cleanest looking scene in the whole movie. It's just like, yes. It was seeing her in a moment of pure joy. And that was that was pretty wonderful. <laughs> you know, they yeah. bring the bikes over and they ride off on their bikes. I mean, come on, people! <laughs> yeah, how can oh. you not love that? And then, like, even little things like the bike is like such an important thing because it's like the I've read so many essays about how um, bikes really accelerated the women's movement because it was the first time women were allowed to move about freely (laughs) like they didn't have to ask permission and like borrow a horse or like anything they could just get on a bike and ride away (laughs) um so stuff like little moments like that and also like the whole um the whole like spiritualism plot as well is really good at sort of pinpointing you to a place and time and um, I just really and then all those little products that they invented to <laughs> yes like, they think that they're, like, they're no, helping them no, like, make lotion no, toothpaste radium no. that's a good idea <laughs> walk away people walk away what are you oh, doing God. they're like it's it's making my teeth fall out that's good right uh, and then even like towards later in the movie when you've got little like anti-Semitism building in France and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. so this is this is the beginning. This is it all, like, coalescing. And that sort of ties into the uh, spiritualism, actually. The whole sort of late Victorian, early um, 1900s spiritualism movement is actually responsible for, like, building up lots of myths in, mm-hmm. like, the minds of white people about like the Aryan race thing everything to do with that is like comes from this faux spiritualist movement that thought they were like the superior race mm-hmm. that could contact worlds and whatever that whatever bullshit so that later feeds into like the animosity that she gets later on in the movie with everybody calling her <laughs> Jewish which is and yeah. then she's like well actually I'm Catholic yeah, so, okay. <laughs> check yourselves people Mm-hmm. I'm a dirty Catholic. <laughs> yes, but it doesn't really matter because you have a strange-sounding last name, and that's all they need. Uh, yeah. So I think, like, 
just in general, the way this film is constructed is actually really smart and there's lots of little elements that mm-hmm. are really good and like historical so I don't really like do you really care if it's not a hundred percent accurate because I think it's more about the overall package of what it's trying mm-hmm. to tell you about Marie Curie and yeah. her her impact on society you know, there's a really great article um that I just stumbled upon because I was looking for uh, references of the Nobel Prizes being melted down. And I stumbled upon this article from the Scientific American um, about the movie. The film Radioactive shows how Marie Curie was a, quote, woman of the future. Um, A world-famous scientist is depicted with a nuance befitting both her achievements and her struggles. Um, So... I'm going to send you this link so that you can read this and get that awful, um, <laughs> that awful, um, <laughs> review out of your head because it's fantastic. And I'll post it on, um, uh, the Poldark fan cast page for folks to be able to read. Um, you know, maybe either in advance of us, uh, posting the link to this or maybe after so <clears throat> anything you didn't like about um, this movie uh, i can't really think of any i here's the thing i wish i'd been in a better frame of mind to watch this when i first sat down to watch it i think i was a little distracted and so that was the reason why i was kind of not yeah. really tracking the way that that i should have um because i I really can't think of anything that I didn't like. Um, I thought that, you know, the her being depicted as a straightforward, no-nonsense, not going to F around with any of these folks, and I'm, I'm going to do my thing, um, you know, it was wonderful to see uh, a, a, a character being portrayed in such a way. And, and not and not worrying about you know whether she would ever find a husband or or something along those lines she, she you know it was fortuitous that she she wound up meeting Pierre you know she and, hit the jackpot yeah. he accepted everything about yeah. her and that's delightful yeah and the you know the the fact that if she hadn't met him, I think she probably would have been perfectly happy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know? Still would have won a bunch of scientific exactly. prizes. Exactly. Um, because, you know, she's doing that shit in her house. So, you know, she would have gotten yeah. there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I I can't think of anything that I didn't like. Yeah. How about you? I think it's very green. <laughs> it's like <laughs> my only thing. <laughs> Do you not like the color green? It's fine. I think it's just like, it made me feel slightly nauseous by the end. You're like, I need sunlight and like healthy things. And I think that's probably the intense because it's uh, it's definitely purposeful, but it's just, it worked. And I was like, I need to watch something with colors. (laughs) And not radioactive green. (laughs) Yeah. I... (sighs) 
God. Yeah. I keep thinking about the scenes in the complete dark where it's just like glowing and green. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God, get away from that thing. Exactly. Exactly. It was like when it was the only light in the room. It was like, no, this is not a good thing. Light no. a candle if you want some light. Get away from that thing. <laughs> oh. So, what would you give this movie out of 10? Eight. Eight. My gut says eight. What would you give it? Eight. It's a solid eight. I know. I'm like, why am I giving it an eight? Like, I, there was nothing I didn't like about it, but mm-hmm. I'm also like, <laughs> it didn't make me feel incredibly happy, and that is its only flaw. It made me <laughs> think and yes. feel, but none of it was like, yeah, making me happy. Yeah, <laughs> it this just is made the, me sort know, of. <laughs> if you're looking for a movie with a happy ending, this ain't it. <laughs> this is more of a oh wow. One person's actions can irreverently destroy humanity and poison us all. Yeah. And like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking about that Hiroshima scene, like, oh, oh damn. Oh, God. Yeah. That little kid playing. <sighs> oh, it kills me. Anyway. <laughs> oh. But that's the world we live in. And maybe, mm-hmm. like, we should have more films that actually show us. The repercussions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'd give it eight. Yeah. Eight. So, uh, one star review, suck it. Suck it, The Guardian. What do you yes. know? <laughs> oh, God. Anyhow, off to our inbox. And thank you to those of you who um, sent us in uh, messages. We really appreciate it. So, um, here's one. It's, hi, I was excited for this movie until I watched it. (laughs) Everything was dark or had a creepy greenish glow. The atmosphere spoiled the story for me. um, And I was surprised that the brilliant, fascinating scientists were given such dull dialogue. Rosamund Pike was one bright spot. She didn't need a vial of radium to shine. I like that. Uh, Cheers, anyway, to a great podcasting pair. Oh, thanks. Uh, You pick way more winners than losers. Sincerely, Diane. Thanks, Diane. Thanks, Diane. (laughs) Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, and I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, we just had complete opposite reactions. I think, like, also, like you said, you have to be in, like, the right space. You have to be in the right frame of mind, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's just, like, oh, it's like watching... Uh, north and south <laughs> during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Do I need this in my life? Uh. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> okay, so our next was an email, um, and it said, "As soon as I heard Michelle say she didn't know Vicar of Dibley, I had three thoughts: one, oh my god, she needs to watch it! Exclamation <laughs> point. Two, I'm so jealous that she will be experiencing it for the first time." I've seen it literally tens of times. Uh, three, I hope Michelle and Rita do a mini-sode, or hey, a mega-sode, because a girl can dream, right, <laughs> on Vicar of Dibley. Please, please, please watch and discuss Vicar of Dibley. Growing up, my local PBS station would air already then-outdated Brit comms on Saturday night. My mum and I loved watching them together. Lots of love, Maggie, loyal listener in Richmond, Virginia. Hello, Richmond! I don't know where that is. But hello! 
Oh gosh, Richmond was actually one of the cities that um, was pretty um, pretty uh, seriously impacted by the um, Black Ma Black Lives Matter um, social justice unrest that took place this summer. Uh, one of the features in Richmond, Virginia, um, I want to say it's like Monument Mile or something like that, where they have um, uh, a road that has all of these monuments. Um, many of them, I, wa I want actually, I want to say most of them, um, erected for um, Confederate um, heroes, quote-unquote. All you had to say um, was monuments, and I knew they were going to be racist. <laughs> yep. And, um, um, you know, the, the, the fun thing uh, about this, well, okay, not fun, but um, I wound up going to Richmond a few years ago to visit um, one of my dear uh, Poldark pals, Rain Puddle, uh, for those of you who uh, are active in the Poldark fandom, uh, you'll know Rain Puddle as um, another really amazing uh, fan fiction writer. Um, and she uh, acted and as one of my uh, betas, my primary beta, and um, the person that actually pitched me the idea to write The Prairie. So, um, anyhow, uh, she lives in that area, and so I went to visit her um, between Christmas and New Year's a few years back, and we went down the monument zone, um, you know, and I was, you know, looking at these statues, and admittedly, um, they are, or they were, um, really amazingly done, but I felt nauseous the entire time, um, we were there, um, you know, and I, I was wishing that, you know, if these things needed to stay, and at that time, uh, there were, uh, a bunch of, the, the folks that lived on either side of this road, you know, a lot of them had these signs in their yard saying, you know, you know, save monument, blah, 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 you know, and, um, you know, it, with context, like real context, um, I think I would have, I wouldn't have been okay with them being there, but if it was an opportunity for a serious teachable moment, um, I could see where they might have some level of value. Uh, however, you know, when you hear about the, the history of these monuments going up as part of the, the as, as a tool to help keep black folks in their place, it just kind of sickens you. So anyhow, I have a whole bunch of pictures of them before they all got graffitied and torn down from that trip. So anyway, I think they is... should just keep them graffitied with like the word racist over them. That would be <laughs> a great learning tool in the words of that random critic from Cornell. Um... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, sorry, that was a tangent, but anyway. Um, An interesting yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, let's see, and our last um, message, uh, hello, am new to Poldark and to your podcast, which has proved a real lockdown treat. Thank you. Well, thank you. I'm glad you found us. If your quarantine parties continue, I would love your take on the trage comedy, Desperate Romantics. Oh, I know why. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. the other one in which Aiden Turner is obsessed with copper... Lizzie's flaming locks and tin. Sorry, <laughs> Peter Bowker's script is witty enough to forgive any number of outrageous liberties. Oh, in my so opinion. many, and, yes. And the series has an overall lightness of touch that is not always present in period drama, not without its dark moments, um, of course. But thought you might welcome the escapism after so much relentless death. <laughs> So much. <laughs> oh my yes. God. Yes. Um, best wishes and thanks again, Emma. Have you thanks, Emma. have you seen Desperate Romantics? <clears throat> have I seen have I seen Desperate Romantics? She says as she's she's yeah, she says as she's staring at a giant poster of Aiden Turner on her wall. <laughs> um yeah, I've I've seen I've seen Desperate Romantics. I own Desperate Romantics. And I actually think the DVD or one of the DVDs is in my little DVD player here uh, by my computer. So, yeah, I've seen it. I found it to be ridiculous, but I liked it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I absolutely loved it. I thought I thought it was um, it was uh, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. The hair oh, is God. wild in that one. Oh, my God. His hair is crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, there is so much of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was 2007. Things were very hairy yeah. back then. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the uh, the Poldark locks, um, you know, the Desperate Romantics locks were pointing and laughing at the Poldark locks. <laughs> Going, you, you, he's like, you, you think that's long? <laughs> Here. Look at the glory that is <laughs> desperate romantics. Oh gosh, but yeah, that was that was a that was a fun one. I don't know whether or not we'll we'll do that for the the podcast or not. I remember it being but, quite long. Yeah, it's it is um it is pretty long, and um, I yeah I think it would be difficult to do. I think it'd be difficult to do, but anyway, it'll. Maybe, maybe we'll see where things go. They, depending on how long we're stuck in this situation, we might need to. Could, might, might have to. <laughs> Anyhow, thanks again, Emma. And uh, that is all from us in this week's mini sode. Uh, we'll be back next week. Well, we will be watching the third episode of the first season of Downton Abbey, <laughs> aka Mr. Pramuk versus Mary's Killer Vagina. <laughs> That should be the name. Thanks for making me read this today. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, and if you have any other suggestions about what we should be watching after that, or just want to chat, then please get in contact. You can message us on our blog, email us at poldarkfancast at gmail.com, or find us on your social medias at poldarkfancast. And as ever, do us a favor and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Uh, thanks again for listening. Stay safe. Wear your damn masks. 
stay home if 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 possible. Uh, if not, go put put the mask on and put it on over your nose and mouth. And don't take it down when you're talking. Ugh. No, please don't. We can hear you. <laughs> anyway, take care, everybody. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye.